Welcome to Living Stones Church. We pray that this message impacts and touches your heart in such a great way. Enjoy the message. Somebody say to your neighbor, today's message is titled, What I Know. Right? I could have swore I knew those lyrics. Are you with me? What I know. Listen, I know this is how it goes. But that's not how it goes, is it? That's not how it goes. So, yeah, you can follow along in our Living Stones app. Um, jump in there. I've got all the notes in there. Click the Sunday button down in the middle bottom, and uh, I've got the uh, the notes in there for the U version stuff. You can follow along. But go ahead and if you did, you make it to Numbers chapter thirteen. I'd give you enough time. Verse twenty five. Here we go. <sighs> Buckle your seatbelts. Are we ready? Here we go. After exploring the land for forty days, somebody say forty days. For forty days, the men returned. Verse twenty six. To Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community that they had seen what they had seen and showed them the fruit that they had taken from the land. Verse 27. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land that you sent us to explore, and it indeed it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here are the kinds of fruit it produces. I wish we could just stop right there. Somebody say, but. Here, like sometimes, you know, like you got all these blessings in life, all these good things, and then there's a but in there, isn't there? Like the, a but just gets stuck in the middle of all of that goodness. Somebody say, but. It's good to say, but in church, amen? It's good to say, but in church. Here we go. Verse 28. But the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Verse 29. The Amalekites live in the Negev, and the Hittites and Jebusites and Amorites and Parasites and every other rites you can think of live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. Verse 30. I love verse 30. This one's my favorite right here. Here's another but. Somebody say but. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go once and take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. Verse 31. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. Verse 32. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. Verse 33, we even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for your word. We thank you that you're going to speak to us today. God, that you're going to speak into our hearts, that you're going to encourage us, that you're going to tell us we can make it, that we can go on, that we can. We've, we always were meant to get to that place. And so, God, we just thank you today, and we give it to you the glory in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen, amen. I love this section of scripture, and, and I was reminded of this last night, and, and I was telling Chelsea about it. I'm like, you know, I just, I, there's something about this i got to dive into. I've, I preached this probably not that long ago, maybe six, eight months ago, something like that, um, but at least in this same area. But it's gonna, I'm going to give you a little bit of a different twist today. Is that okay? Can we do that? Good. Our first point for my note takers, do we have some note takers out there? My first point is I will believe and receive what God has said. I will believe and receive what God has said. 
oh my goodness, I know that this can be difficult for all of us. I will believe and receive what God has said. You've got you to think for a minute what this is like for them. They, God told them that he has a promised land for them. He's got a promise. At the, there's something at the end of the rainbow. Are you with me? Like, like there's this promise that I have for you. And you've got to believe me and you've got to go and, and go and check it out. And Moses sends out his 12 spies. Now, I let, I let all of you know last week, and if you were here, if you didn't make it last week, surprise, I'm going to give you some information. Are you with me? This church is people. Amen? Looked at the person next to you. That is the church. You see the, the curtains and, the, and the, the chairs and all these things? That is not the church. Are you with me? This, this building is not the church. One day when we're sitting in our 1,500-person auditorium, that is not the church. The church is the people. Amen? Well, I let some news out last week that, that we are we, at the end of our lease, June 25th. Somebody say June 25th. At the end of our lease, June 25th, we will no longer be here. Oh, my goodness. What, where, what's going on, Pastor? What are we doing? What's happening? The church is going to go completely mobile. We're going to be wherever God wants us to be on any coming week. Now, if that freaks you out, awesome, because <laughs> it freaks me out too. Are you with me? But God gave me this, this message kind of reminding me that Jesus never was sitting at a synagogue for more than just a few days, right? He never parked at one building and said, hey, go out and get everybody and come, tell them to come in here. Now, I'm not saying that our church will be outside or in parks and parking lots and doing that forever, but in this season, we will be. This season, we're going to go out and take the church back. Because you know what? The church, the church is out there sitting in their houses right now watching cartoons. The church, the church is out in the parks playing baseball right now. Are you with me? The church is just walking by with their dog right now, but they don't hear the word of God because the word of God isn't being preached out there. It's being preached inside these walls where they can't hear it. Oh, my goodness. I don't know if anybody is as crazy as me, but I tell you what, we are going to do some crazy stuff. So you know what we've been doing over the last week or two is I've been sending out my spies. I sent out my people to go out and look for things. Hey, go look for venues. Go look for places we can go. Go look for op, op, opposition operations, different things that we can, we can do. We've got people looking up shade things that we can get under. We've got people looking up. Th there's this park that's right here in French Valley that says that we can go there every week for free and that they're excited to come also. I mean, there's all these crazy things. So we're sending our spies out to see what God has, what, what's out there. I know God has a promise for us. Listen, uh, for those of you that think I'm crazy, you're right. You're right. You're right. I'm crazy for Jesus. I want to see people change and transform. I, I believe that we will see people get healed right out there in the middle of a park and not know what to do, not understand what just happened. There's going to be people that are being overcome by the Holy Spirit right in the middle of, right in the middle of a parking lot somewhere, and we're going to watch God do so many amazing works. Amen? Amen? Come on. Well, Moses, Moses was doing what God told him to do. He said, we're going to go out and we're going to do this. And, and you know, I'm going to send you into the promised land that God has for us. And what, what's the message you're going to come back with? Listen, it, how, what are we going to do? What are we seeing? Yeah, I, I love Caleb. I love Caleb. Caleb fires me up because Caleb went out there and, and he saw the same stuff. They were out there for 40 days. Are you with me? They were out there looking at everything. They grabbed some fruit while the giants weren't looking, right? Like, they were getting all their stuff, getting ready, and they're going, oh, my gosh, this, this land is everything you said it would be. But there's all these oppositions in our way. 
There's all these obstacles in our way. When did God ever say there weren't going to be any obstacles? When did God say there wasn't going to be any opposition? He just says, I gave it to you. Go get it. Go get it. We are going to experience opposition. Oh, when you get out there, when we get out there, it sounds all fun when we're sitting in here talking about it. But as soon as we're out there and it's July and 115 degrees decides it wants to show up to church that day, are you with me? Is it still fun in that moment? Or do we have obstacles? But pastor, you know, it's pretty hot out there and our equipment is very expensive. And if we put it under that... God said, so we're going to see it happen. Oh, I I just need a couple more Joshua's and Caleb's in the room. Just a few more people that are just like, oh, my goodness. I I know the obstacles are out there. I know that people are going to complain about noise ordinances. I know that people are going to say that we're hateful, that we hate gay people, that we hate these. I mean, because there's so much hate in the world right now. Why can't the church be more hateful too, right? Are you with me? No. The church is going to go and set the record straight we're gonna say hey you're welcome here i love you i want you to know that you're love and love overcomes a multitude of sin oh i haven't met a single person that hasn't sinned but i have met every person that knows jesus who's overcome that sin because of the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony amen come on come on oh my goodness god is moving today god is moving today i'm a ha- ha- happy dog <sighs> matthew 4 4 But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. If you weren't here for that message a couple weeks ago where I I preached on bread alone, it was a good one. You should go back and listen to it. But but what I what I wanted out of this scripture for today. Is that how we listen to God's word, how we eat God's word. You know, I love I love seeing Casey up there playing the guitar. He did an awesome job, didn't he? Just incredible. Just incredible. And he would tell you this, so I'm going to tell you this. He was nervous out of his socks. Are you with me? Because he's incredible. I got a word from God last night, and I've told him for the last probably four or five months that you are my David. Like you're going through a lot. You're going through life's challenges. You're going through these difficulties. But if you go back and read the Psalms that David wrote, they weren't all sunshine and rainbows. He was a man after God's own heart, but so many times he was asking God, can you help me to get over these things with my enemies? Can you help me to get through this? And I remember telling him, you're my David. But last night I got a different version of David in my head. I was thinking about when Saul was tormented in his mind. Saul was sitting there and he said, I need somebody to come and play and help me to enter into the Holy of Holies. So David, before he was ever king, before he was ever anything, he went in there and he played the lyre. Right, which is like a harp. He's playing the harp. And he'd, he'd play worship for Saul so that Saul's mind could be at ease. And I, I, told, I told my David, I told, I told my worship leader today, I said, hey, you're going to be like David today. You're going to come in and all of our worries are just going to melt off. All of a sudden we're going to be able to enter into the Holy of Holies and watch God do what he does. Amen. Oh, it was so good today. I have to tell you, good job, Casey. Well done. Good job, sound team, and everybody who made that possible. I will believe and receive what God has said. I will believe and receive what God has said. Why do we even have to remind ourselves of that? Because when the obstacles get big, you've got to remember what God said. When the obstacles get too overwhelming, you've got to remember what God said.
You see, when God gave me $50,000 worth of, of building plans, I thought it was going to go a certain direction. I didn't know we were going to have to get to this place where he says, hey, no, I want you to take the church out of the building and go out and minister to the people. I'm like, Lord, you do know what country I'm in, don't you? Where, where comfort is king. You want to, like these chairs, I bought these chairs. These chairs are really expensive. Did you know that? Each chair is $30. So when you buy 100 of them, it gets expensive real quick. You with me? You know why I bought these chairs? Because people were leaving the church because we were using the metal chairs that the school provided for us. Because they were too uncomfortable to sit through my 30 to hour and a half sermon. <laughs> 30 minutes to an hour and a half sermon. I'm just kidding. I've never preached an hour and a half. Just kidding. All, some, some people are like, dude, is that true? I'm out of here right now. Like, forget this. Like, I can still make it to the other church and they'll be done before you are. God had promised the Israelites a land flowing with milk and honey. That they would enter that land that he had promised their ancestors. But that's not the land they saw. They just saw the obstacles. There was the potential blessing, right? Oh, the, it, it, it's bountiful, just like you said. But there's this, like, huge obstacle. Like these people, descendants of Anak, like giants, like we're like grasshoppers in their sight, and they thought so also. I mean, it's grasshopper season. Anybody, like, get freaked out when those things, like, jump at you? Where are my ladies at? Come on. Or my 10-year-old, my right? <laughs> oh, grasshoppers in the garage. Come on, somebody. Somebody say but. The list they were more concerned about was the list of overwhelming obstacles. The things they know for sure. How many times in your life have the things that you know gotten you in trouble? I know that this is how it's going to work. I know that when I go and do this thing, this is what I'll get in return. I know because I've experienced it before. How many of us, our faith is based on our experience? Only on what you know. I've done this before, so I know God will come through because he came through before. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but if that's the basis of all of your faith, is only based on what has already happened, can God ever do anything new? Wow. Goodness gracious. I know. Chew on that for a minute. Chew on that for a minute. Chew on that for a minute while, while we take Caleb's account back into consideration. Back to verse 30, my favorite verse in this whole section of Scripture. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. How did he know he could conquer it? Because did he look back and say, hey, we've got all these like great weapons and we're, we can win this battle. Like, like I've, I've already test, test drove some of the, the Humvees that we got. And, and you know, I've, that new rocket launcher, like that'll go straight through one of those dudes from Anak. Are you with me? Like, no. You know what gave him confidence is because he knows who God is. He, said, he, didn't, he didn't say, hey, you guys, let me talk you into how this is going to work. He said, God said, therefore, it's going to happen. God told us to go and take the land. Therefore, we are well able to take the land. What are we complaining about? God said, 
Are we not God's chosen people? Caleb's sitting there going, you guys, shush. Stop saying all these negative things. Do you forget who God is? Do you forget who he is? I think it's easy to forget who he is when we're being inundated with information outside of God's word. When watching TV, I, I was sitting there and, and I'm reading some of the different things on, on, on social media, right? Like, like all the news and, and it's like you're watching this news thing and people are saying like, the Christian, Christian belief is dead. This is what people are starting to believe. Why? Why? Because faith isn't alive anymore. Faith is just a cushy chair. Faith is just the right donuts and the right coffee. Making sure that live stream is on, on time, and works correctly. For those of you that made it to our interactive site, awesome, because Facebook is down. They're not letting us broadcast right now. I want to make sure I talk to my people online. Where did they go? Here we go. Carolyn McKinney made it on there. Come on, Carolyn. I don't know where everybody else is, but Carolyn made it. I, I posted on my Facebook saying, hey, guys, go to this link so you can watch. There's going to be a fight. Has any of us not been in a fight of some sort? You've been fighting for your belief. You've been fighting not to, not to think about yourself in a negative light. You've been fighting to have relationships that don't want to have you. Is anybody with me? You've gone through some stuff. You've been in a fight before. I don't know about you, but I've been fighting with my weight for like years now. And every time I make a decision to do something about my weight, I go and drown it out with in and out. Are you with me? I don't want that thought to come up again. Are you with me, right? Every time the doctor talks to me. Come on, somebody. Are we in a fight? We're in a fight. Here's point number two for my note takers. I will trade what I know for what God said. I will trade what I know for what God said. Listen. This took me a couple of months to finally make the decision that we were going to get out of the building. Why? It took me that long because all the logic said that this is not a good idea. Every pastor I'd talked to that had taken their church out of the building and, and done these things, they all failed. So I thought to myself, this is a great plan. Like, I mean, wow, God, like just, this is totally going to work, right? You know, like. I've looked for success in, in all the, no, there isn't any, like, I'm really good at being a copycat. Do we have some copycats in here, right? Like, dude, I can plagiarize like nobody's business. Are you with me, right? Like, I can steal, like, I don't have an original thought in my brain. Are you with me? Like, every thought I have came from somebody else who's smarter than me. Are you with me? I mean, think about all of your best thoughts. They came from somebody else, didn't they? Yep, all your best thoughts did. Come on. I mean, I sit here and read the Bible. I'm like, ooh, that's a good thought. I don't know why I never thought of that before. What an amazing thing. Trade what I know for what God said. Oh, okay. Interesting. How often does what we know for a fact, somebody say for a fact. For a fact. I know for a fact. If I ever make a bet with you, just decline. Because if I made a bet, it's because I know for a fact. Are you with me? Like, it's like, nope, I know for a fact this is what, what it is. Don't make a bet with me, right? I know for a fact. I, I don't like to make bets I don't win. Are you with me? But I know for a fact. How many times has the things you've known for a fact 
spoil what God intended for you. I know for a fact that if I do this, it's going to hurt me. Oh, you know that for a fact. If God told you to do it, how do you know it for a fact? Oh, think about that, right? All of a sudden it's like, well, if God asked me to do it, but let's, let's put it this way. Most of you are, know what these are, right? Anybody know what these are? Yeah, they're different kinds of pliers. Different kinds of pliers. We, we, we've got different kinds of pliers to do different kinds of things, right? Different kinds of pliers. Now, the manufacturer of these pliers had an intent for what they would be used for. Does that make sense? Now, does that mean that we can't use them for other things? You know what happens when Pastor Justin forgets his hammer? The pliers just became something different. With me? Like all of a sudden, they can do things that they weren't intended to do. Are you with me? I'm underneath these wood things this morning. I'm like, I forgot to bring a hammer. I got to hit this thing up in here. You know, are you with me? But they have an intended use. Now, what happens if you run across a completely new tool that you've never had before, you've never used before? Now, I was in the Marine Corps. I'm very proud of my service to the, in, to the United States of America through the Marines. I had a lot of fun doing it. I got to play with a lot of very expensive equipment, working on, on engines for the CH-46. I was an engine mechanic. I got to do all these things, and, and I got introduced to new tools. I know I've got some guys in here. I've got some, I got some mechanics in here. I've got some woodworkers in here, and we all have different tools, don't we? And there's some tools that you'll probably pick up that you've never seen before, and you're like, what does this do, Right? Well, I got this pair of pliers while I was in the military. Now, this pair of pliers, not like this one, it looked a little different. It had this little spinny thing on the bottom. And I was like, what is this for? And uh, everything else looked pretty normal. It's like, okay, you pinch with that one, and, and it has this little cutting thing on there. I'm like, okay, I've used that before. But what's this little spinny knob thing? I mean, it's kind of funny. Like, what does this do? Those pliers were used for safety wire. Now, I've never had to work with safety wire before. What's safety wire? Because I've only worked on my motorcycle, on my car. I've only done woodwork. I've never had to use safety wire before. Does anybody know what safety wire is? No, we don't. Most of us don't. I've got a couple of military dudes that know what safety wire is and those that have worked on very fast-moving things. So what safety wire is for is when something vibrates so much because it's running at such a high the, the bolts will start to loosen up and come out. So what safety wire is for, they had a little hole in the bolt so that you can bolt it to the frame with this piece of wire that gets twisted. You pull this little thing and it twists it. It twists, twists the wire for you. And then it solidifies so that it won't come off. You see, but this was something I never worked on before. So I didn't know what this was for. To me, it just looked like another pair of pliers. But sometimes God gives you a tool. He gives you something else that you've never done before to do a work for something that's bigger than you've ever worked on before. You see, on my motorcycle, I never had to have safety wire. It's not going to vibrate enough to get that bolt to come out, right? It's a little different than a jet engine. Are you with me? I, just, I have different safety parameters for my jet engine than I do for my motorcycle engine. Does that make sense? So all of a sudden, the use of those pliers. Now, I'm not going to know how to use these pliers because I've never worked on these things before. This is all new to me. i got to go back to the manual and figure out, what is this for? What is this little fun thing that just twists in and out of this thing for? I mean, it's really fun. It's like maybe this is fidgets before fidgets were fidgets. Are you with me? 
come on. Like, do I have people that like fidgets? Where, where a, f- a couple of them that are not just middle schoolers and high schoolers. My my fidget is my my Rubik's cube. I love my Rubik's cube. So anyway, if you ever want to see a Rubik's cube done in less than two minutes, I can do it. No problem. Just just give me your. If you've been if it's sitting in your drawer forever and you're like, dude, without taking the stickers off, I don't know how to get this thing fixed. Bring it over. I'll fix it in two minutes. Ready? Right? Come on. I'm just putting those services out there. It's only $100 a minute. I will trade what I know for what God said. Proverbs 3, verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Our experience from what we know without a shadow of a doubt will deceive us especially as it compares to what God said. Especially. If God said something, it trumps what you're doing. You want to know why? Here's why. I've gotten used to using this as a hammer. That's how I use it, God. This is what it's meant to do. I know how to do it because I've done it this way for so long now. I don't even need a hammer anymore. I've got my, I've got my pliers. But God says, I have a new work for you. I have a jet engine I need you to work on. I have something that you've never worked on before, something you've never experienced before, something you've never done before, and you're going to need tools that you've never had before, and you can't use them the same way you've been using those other tools. Are you with me? And so we got to go back to the manual. we got to go back to the owner's manual. You see, God wants to do something new in your life. He wants to so- do something new in this next season, something he's never done before, in your life at least. But for me, I get back into the God's word, and as I get back into the u- user manual, the user manual starts telling me how to, how to walk in faith in these type of situations. Because all of a sudden I start reading these stories that used to be just really encouraging stories, right? Encouraging stories to, to make me make the decision to like step out in like little baby faith. Are you with me? Is anybody with me, right? Yeah, you've had those little baby faith moments? I, I, I get excited about people's baby faith moments. Because baby faith moments turn into big faith moments. Are you with me? But you've got to start somewhere. So as I start looking at what God's doing, I start reading these stories of these impossible feats. I'm like, wait a minute, what did they do? What, did, how, what kind of decision did he have to make? How many people were watching him and following him? Oh, my goodness, what are they going to say? What are they going to think? What's going to happen to all the people around? Ah! Is anybody walking the same faith that I have to walk in? Are you with me? Where you have to trust God and say, God, I know you said this is how it's supposed to work, but it's never worked like that for me before. So I'm going to trust you. Come on, when, when, when Simon was fishing and Jesus said, put your nets on the other side of the boat, Simon knew for a fact because he'd been fishing all night long. The best time to fish is at night when the, when the fish are out because nobody else is trying to get them. They're not in the heat of the day. He knows how to fish. And now he's got this preacher trying to tell him what to do. Come on, somebody. I know for a fact that's not how you fish. You don't just put it on the other side of the boat, smart guy. This is how we act with God. I've been living on this earth for how long? I know how life works. This is, if I do this, this is what happens. See, there's those moments in your life where God says, you know what, just, just, just step to the left. And you're like, step to the left? I, dude, I've been stepping to the left like most of my life. I know that stepping to the left is going to hurt because I'm not coordinated. Are you with me? 
but nevertheless, at your word, I'll step to the left and see what God can do. You see, he's, he's the creator of all things. We've learned how to trust the things more than we trust the one who created them. Hello. Hello. Listen, as a business guy, I, I, I trust marketing. Marketing strategies work. If you put something in yellow or you put something in red, people will see it. Why do you think that our, our logo is yellow? You want to know why it's not light blue? Because nobody sees light blue. It's marketing. That's how it works. Every time you drive down the road, you will see the signs that are red and yellow. Why is McDonald's red and yellow? Why is In-N-Out red and yellow? Why are all these signs red and yellow? If you've got red, red or yellow in it, you will see it. That's marketing. It's logic. Do I got some logical people in the house? Oh, my gosh, you are my people. I trust my logic so much more than I trust anything else. Are you with me? So many times I lean on my logic because it's true, tried and true fact. You know, God created logic, so it's fact. It makes sense. But when the creator asks you to do something that's not logical, now what? I mean, he created logic. He's the one that says 2 plus 2 equals 4. Nobody else. 2 plus 2 will never equal 5. It will never equal 3. 2 plus 2 will always equal 4. God created it that way. But when God says, give me your two and your two, and I will make it equal five, then you're like, what? How does that work? You mean if I give you this, you're going to give me this? If I trust you with this, you're going you're gonna to trust me with that? See, science is just observation. I, I think it's so funny when we, when we start, you either believe in science or you believe in faith. No, you don't. It's all the same thing. It's all the same thing. Science is just observation. I have observed that when I have faith in God, he does these things. Therefore, it happened. It's math. It's God math, but it's math. When I trust God with my little, he makes it more than I need. Come on, somebody. How does it happen? It happens in all kinds of different ways. I have to show you all the different things that he's done to make it make sense for you. But he's made it happen all the time. Are you with me? Thank you. I haven't even got to point number three yet. All of a sudden, those lyrics you've been singing for all those years, wrong lyrics the whole time. I mean, Chelsea loves me so much, she'll just let me sing them. She's just like, I'm not going to correct him because then I'll, that'll, that'll mess up with his self-image and so I'm just going to let him sing them, even though I know he's singing the wrong thing. We've been wrong for all this time. What I thought I knew could destroy me. These guys right here, 40 days. Moses sent me to scout it out. 40 days. I got a big responsibility. All these people are dependent on what I find. 40 days I'm out there, and I see this is not going to be good. This is going to be a problem. We got all these issues that we're not going to be able to overcome. See, it's my responsibility to make sure that all the people are safe. But God. You see, what I know is going to destroy me. If you read on to the next chapter, you start to figure out that all those people did not get to go into the promised land except for Joshua and Caleb. Because they believed. They, they decided that you know what, I see all the obstacles, but I believe God. 
I believe you at your word. You said that that was our promised land. And if you said that that's our promised land, then these giants will bow to our feet if that's what needs to happen. Or we'll scare them with our shadows and they'll run away. But something's going to happen to where we take the promised land because you promised it to us. You see, the next whole generation was lost. Forty years in the wilderness after that. What was supposed to be 40 days of saying, oh man, look at all the good fruit and look at all the stuff that they got. Oh my gosh, this is everything that God promised. Forty days should have been, all right guys, let's go. God said we can have it. Let's walk in and see how he does it. I don't, it doesn't have to make sense to me. I've seen God move before. I know he does miracles. I don't know how this one's going to work, but let's go see. Is anybody with me in that, that mindset of let's go see? Let's go see what God does. Does any of this make sense? No, but let's go see what God does. What if he does something crazy and miraculous that everyone would be like, oh, my gosh, how did you know that was going to I didn't know that was going to happen. I just know my God, Joshua and Caleb. I believe that God was going to move because he always moves. It's just who he is. It's just what he does. He's a miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Oh, I could see Caleb as he's walking into the promised land. Waymaker, miracle worker, buy losers from a knock, buy all these guys that are trying to stop me. I don't care if I look like a, a grasshopper. I got this. Right? He's just rocking out. Doesn't even care because he knows who God is. He walks into that thing like I am not just a grasshopper. I am the grasshopper. Like you met Jiminy Cricket. He doesn't touch me, man. Like I'm Caleb, right? I, I believe in the Lord God, and he's done so many things, and he's going to get me through this too. Amen? Man, I'm still having done point number three. Matthew six thirty one says, so don't worry about these things, saying, what will I eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? Verse 32, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. He already knows. How many times are we complaining to God saying, God, I need this, I need this, as if he doesn't know. Hello. He knows what you need. He knows when rent is due. He knows when that bill's coming up. He knows. He's not surprised. But what's surprising is how many years we still sit there and go like, oh, I'm really worried. I don't know how this is going to work. I don't know how God's going to come through. Are you with me? Is anybody like me? Because I hate being alone in this. Like, can you just tell me, like, that you worry about stuff too? Even if you don't. I know I've got a faith-filled church full of people that are better than me, but it's all good. Just just tell me for a minute that you actually question if God is going to come through for you or not. Oh, good. Oh, man, I thought I was totally alone for that. Thank you, guys. I, I'll give you each a nickel after this. Here's point number three. I will seek and trust God when the path ahead makes no sense to me. Can we read that together? I will seek and trust God when the path ahead makes no sense to me. What I know has to go. Well, that makes sense to me. Has to go. When the creator says he wants to do something different, then we just say, okay. Okay, God. 
You want to do something? Di- you're the creator of all things. I mean, you're the one that invented this oxygen that I breathe so easily. Yet, I can't trust you with what you're going to do next in my career. I can't trust you with what you're going to do next in my relationships, what you're going to do next in my health, what my finances. God, do what you want to do, how you want to do it. You've done such a better job of creating things than I have. Are you with me? The things that I create break. Is anybody with me? Like, this stuff wears out, doesn't it? Like, I, I swear I just bought those pants last year. Why do I need another pair? Are you with me? Like, I don't know if some of you are like me. Probably some of the men in here. I, I'm, I'm going to guess, ladies, that your closet looks similar to my wife's where there's, I mean, she could probably clothe half of Africa. I'm just saying it could happen. No, I'm just kidding. She can't do that. For me, it's like I've got my three pairs of pants, and as soon as one wears out, I'll go buy a new one. But if it's got holes in it, that, those ones just get downgraded to, like, lawn and, and work in the garage, you know, and, until they're completely gone, you know, like holes where, you know, you're getting breezeways where you shouldn't get breezeways. Are you with me? And then finally, they can retire, and I go back to the store, to the discount, reduce center, and go, um, these ones look good, and just pull them off the thing. Anybody with me? I got, I mean, just fashion forward. That's all it is. I. I just care about fashion so much. Is anybody with me? I will seek and trust God when the path ahead makes no sense to me. But Caleb, somebody say but Caleb. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once and take the land. He said, we can certainly conquer it. Don't quit on what God says you can conquer. Let me say that again. Don't quit on what God said you can conquer. These people, when they saw the obstacle, they quit. But God already said they'd conquer it. How many of us stop at that moment because the obstacles just look too too big? It's going to affect more than just me. I can't do it. But God said you could conquer it. Those things in front of you sometimes are meant to help build you. The creator of all things put a path in front of you, not that you would be overcome by it or overthrown by it, but that you, somebody say you, that you would overcome and overthrow it. See, God likes to show off. He likes to remind us that he is God. Why do giants show up in the path that God put us on? God told me to go, and here's this giant telling me that I can't cross here. Think God allowed that giant to be there so that you could be overcome and be beat up and beat down and left back in the back in your old place in your old self? No, He put that giant there so you can say, God, there's something in my way. You told me to go, and He's not letting me go. And God goes, Oh, you calling on Daddy? Daddy'll come in and, and take care of business. Are you with me? If I ask my son to go do something and somebody stops him from doing it, oh goodness, Daddy has something to say about that. I told him to go do that. What are you stopping him for? Are you with me? All of a sudden, when we walk up to that, that giant in faith going, what mountain? What giant? Do you know who my dad is? He owns this whole kingdom. You think you can stand right there? No. You can't stand right there. You can't stop this. It's coming. Are you with me? It's coming. God's coming and he's doing a work that we don't even recognize yet. Oh, this city is his. 
Every single house is going to be known that Jesus is known, that he's alive, that he's well, and that he loves them. And there's nothing that's going to stop that. No giant. Amen? No giant. (laughs) The obstacles ahead are not there to show you how weak and pathetic you are, but to show you how powerful and mighty God is. Somebody say, let's go take the land. Somebody say, we can certainly conquer it. Whatever it is that God's asking you to do right now, you can certainly conquer it. You can certainly conquer it. That diagnosis, he's not surprised. You can certainly conquer it. Come on. That relationship issue, he's not surprised. You can certainly conquer it. That guilt and shame that you've been holding on to for so long, He's not surprised. You can certainly conquer it. Amen? Amen. Is this a good spin on that message today? Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message blessed your life in such a powerful way. Come visit us here at Livingstones Church in person at Dorothy McElhinney Middle School in French Valley, California, every Sunday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. You can also watch us online on our YouTube channel, Facebook, Church Center, or at livingstones.tv. If God is using this ministry to touch and impact your life, and you would like to consider partnering with us in your giving, you can do so by giving in the Church Center app or by going to livingstones.tv giving. We hope you have a wonderful week.